Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. And this one is also digital, where we have people and speakers on stage or online or in video format. And you can also join in in all the possible ways. You can reach us. Please use the platform to enjoy fully this event and all the opportunities. Now, let's talk about metaverse. And uh, next topic is the metaverse. And um, let's see, what about that? The metaverse has been one of the hottest topics in the industry this and previous year. We have seen that many companies have their own definition of the metaverse and are crafting their plans accordingly. Although, the question remains, which will be the end product? What will be the real value and what technological advancements will uh, it take to make it come to life? So, how to use it? What is it? And who knows uh, the correct answer? We have quite a panel here, and um, also a great moderator, uh, Sylvia Lu, the head of uh, technology strategy at Ublox, which is the Swiss wireless chipset vendor, and also board member of 5G ACIA. Please welcome. Thank you so much, and uh, I'm so delighted to welcome everybody here, but also the ones viewing online to join at this panel session on Metaverse. So indeed, um, as we know, Metaverse has been one of the top, hottest topic in the industry, and of course, uh, it is in our session to find out more about it. So just before the, uh, introducing our panelists, um, back in September, actually, I brought a team of uh, EMBA students from Cambridge, and we, we, we were here in Riga, um, carried out study on Meta City, and uh, we found out that actually Riga, which is a capital city of Latvia, has the potential to become the, um, basically the leading uh, European um, successful Meta City. And of course, um, now today, after two months, back here again in Riga, and joining this fabulous panel, um, to really discuss and have a conversation what, is, um, what it takes to really make Metaverse a commercial reality and also bring the values to the society, citizens, but also wider, um, uh, if you like, country, um, national and um, world. So with that, I'd like to introduce our fabulous panel. Um, so we have Peter. Uh, which is Head of Strategy and Business Development uh, from Nokia Europe. And we have Paolo Campoli, uh, which is VP Global uh, SP Segment Leader from Cisco uh, Systems. We ha also have Guillaume, which is Global Connectivity Policy uh, at Meta. Um, and last but not least, sitting next to me, which is Ben um, Zukolowski, which is Vice President of Government Affairs, EMA, and Managing Director for Germany and Austria of Qualcomm. So a warm welcome. Uh, let's start with the first question. Of course, um, um, just um, to briefly step back. So this session, we're going to cover three topics, general topics, from the what, why, and how. So essentially, we start with the definition of metaverse. 
why in terms of what is actually the value we're looking for and for you guys as well. And thirdly, we're going to land it into really the commercial uh, value and how to really make that impact. So one of the panelists will be some use cases and also really the gaps we need to address. So that's the flow today. Um, and of course, now let's go with the definition. Uh, first of all, on um, that metaverse definition, we know um, it, it is unsettled market and there's lots of definitions. Um, we, we don't have a common standards definition yet. So really I'd like to invite the panelists to give a few words. What's your understanding of metaverse? So let's start with you, Peter. That's on my list first. Thank you, Sylvia. Um, well, <laughs> everyone in this room is probably desperately hoping that somebody actually has a definition. And um, I'll give it a shot, uh, but I want to say first that I think one of the basic tenets of the metaverse is a digital physical fusion, which is the metaverse is not isolated from the real world. Right? And we're seeing multiple metaverses, um, not just the consumer metaverses, which is probably the one that's easiest to imagine, which is a digital immersion, right? But, but we also have industry and enterprise metaverses, which uh, have completely different use cases that are incredibly powerful. So uh, a colleague of mine actually has a definition which I'll steal from her, um, which is that uh, the metaverse is a fully or partial digital experience which brings together people, places, and information in real time in a way which transcends the physical world in order to solve a problem. And I, I quite like that definition because it covers a lot of key tenets of this, the digital physical fusion, it covers the locality, it covers uh, immersion, it also covers the fact that it's supposed to do something more than the physical world can do. And it's supposed to actually, hopefully, for many parts to solve problems. Well, that's a very concise definition. That's going to be a great start um, and challenge you for the rest of the panelists. So can we come to Paolo and then uh, we will have Guillaume and Ben. Sure, I normally try to test my definition of something new with my family and if they fall asleep after 20 seconds, it means it's too sophisticated and too structured. So keep it simple from our perspective, and I think you know, we are in, in, in great agreement, it's, it's the next, next generation of uh, digital experience and digital interaction. And you can just dream with that, and we'll elaborate later on on the set of capabilities. Uh, we have a sense of what the metaverse could be, right? There are flavors of that around us uh, in terms of enhanced collaboration or enhanced uh, gaming or you know, volumetric video, but defining it today, does it make sense or should we envision the building blocks that will create this new experience. So with my family, say it's the next frontier of digital environment, and let them dream. That's perfect starting point, Guillaume. Yeah, pretty much in line with what uh, Paolo was saying. For us, it's really just the next evolution of the internet. If you remember, we started with text, then we had some pictures, then we shared some video. Uh, the next natural evolution is to be more inverse in the content, uh, whether it's audio immersion, whether it's video immersion, and just shameless plug, if you want to try some first experience of the metaverse, we got some, some demo in a little room just across the corridor, so if people want to experience it for himself, I think it's the best way to understand what the metaverse could be, is to try these first pockets of metaverse and see how it could all be integrated together. Mm, yeah, fantastic, and that's really good segue to your use case later as well. Um, ben, last but not least. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think for Qualcomm, 
really Metaverse is the vision of the future digital community. It's a, obviously a virtual immersive environment um, in which enterprises will gain huge benefits for adapting, for designing their industrial processes, their R&D and innovation processes, where obviously people will gather to interact, to train, to practice, to work, to learn, to socialize in a completely new and different way. So in this regard, really, it's um, the next or the evolution of the internet with, uh, with, with, with a huge potential from an economic standpoint, from a social standpoint, but also, last not least, from an environmental standpoint, I think. Well, um, so I guess probably next year when we come back again, we still have this definition, but a, a really common thing that I'm hearing is digital experience, next generation of the internet, which I think a lot of us also um, at Coe's as well. So, um, and that's uh, one of the findings I would like to like, mention and as a segue to the next question. One of the findings from the Max City, uh, Riga Max City project, the global metaverse market estimation is about 600 to 1.5 billion US dollars, um, trillions actually by 2030. And the top three metaverse market contributions are um, virtual assets, AR, VR, or mixed reality, and network and cloud infrastructure. And I want to touch upon on the cloud and infrastructure side, because we have two key stakeholders in the ecosystem, uh, Nokia, of course, and Cisco. So I'd like to ask you, um, from the infrastructure side, from your perspective, what is the real value of Metaverse for you specifically? So, Paolo, if I can start with you. Well, from an infrastructure perspective, I think it's going to be a major, I mean, the metaverse is going to be a major catalyst of distribution of intelligence and edge capabilities, first and foremost. Um, someone, I mean, at, at the opening, there was this discussion about, you know, the real-time nature of, of, the, of the internet, right? And what allows to do today for, as an example, connected soldier and so on. So imagine when this will transcend our current experience. So it would be the hologram supplemented with all the senses we have, touch, smell, hearing, seeing, and so on. And think about the uh, implications on the network itself, not only in terms of bandwidth, of course, that's the most immediate uh, you know, reflection one could make, but in terms of real-time capabilities, in terms of where information is processed. Uh, today, you may have experience like uh, volumetric video, which is this you know, sport event with subjective point of view. It doesn't work with the current model of the cloud. It has to be pushed very, very close to where you wear your goggle or where you are in the, in the holographic experience for this to be a real time and local process. So there will be a transformation, a catalyzing effect on transformation of network, edge cloud, and security. Because the surface of attack with something like that so distributed will increase exponentially. And so security will not be an a bolt-on will be an attribute of this cloud networking environment. So for, for us, of course, we dream of this happening fast enough in order to catalyze the digital inclusion that is part, with the, the, it's a fundamental layer, if you like, to enable all of this. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And if I can go to Peter, what's your view on that? <coughs> so I, I very much agree with Paolo, but um, when we look at the uh, traffic model scenarios for the for the coming decade, the metaverse uptake is really one of the X factors that that can have an accelerated factor on overall network usage. 
um, especially if we look at AR, VR adoption, which is mobile, because that will put a lot of um, uh, potential into mobile network expansions and also edge cloud computing, as Paolo was talking about. Right? Um, so traffic has potential you know, as a consequence of the metaverse. Uh, but another element which I think is, is very powerful within industry and enterprise segments is simulation. So we talk a lot about animation, about making a more immersive experience in gaming, for example, through the metaverse, but simulation is incredibly powerful. To create digital twins where you can do what-if scenarios, what if you have an outage there, what if you're missing a resource there, and just simulate that, um, that is incredibly powerful. So we're seeing traffic potential, we're seeing immersion potential through animation, but we're also seeing simulation potential, which I think is incredibly important in industry and enterprise segments. Yeah, that's fantastic. Of course, you guys are providing those enablers um, to, yeah. to, to unlock the value. And um, I'm going to next to Ben on the chipset vendor's perspective, and also then later to um, next to the uh, Guillaume on the Meta platform perspective. Ben? Yes, thank you. So, I mean, as I said, the Metaverse, we expect to change entirely the way people socialize, they interact with each other. Um, so this per se already, I think, is a value. Um, but if we look more on, for example, economic value, obviously there will be completely new products, new markets being created through the metaverse, right? May that be in entertainment, the way we consume music, the way we consume gaming, um, banking sector we expect to also largely benefit um, from um, the, the metaverse. And then there is a, an, another area which was mentioned before, which is uh, called maybe more the industrial metaverse, right? So the way enterprises can use um, the immersive virtual environment to improve industrial processes, to improve engineering processes, become much more efficient, um, for example, um, to simulate um, advanced manufacturing processes, um, very important for especially European industries, right? That will save a lot of time, that will save a lot of um, money. It will definitely improve the quality of services, the quality of products, um, and, and therefore offers huge potential for, for companies for efficiency gains. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. So Guillaume, um, of course, Meta has been the pioneer in Metaverse space. I'm very interested to, to hear your view in terms of what Metaverse mean, real value of Metaverse for you guys, and what's really ahead of you know, the roadmap, what, what does it look like? Well, for some of this application, it's just an evolution. So you take uh, 3D design, if you're a car designer, you're trying to design pieces, I mean, um, designing PCs through computer is nothing new, but the ability to turn around to look it in space, that is new, so that will help them, make them go a bit quicker. But you take a technician repairing an engine of an airplane, the ability, as the Prime Minister was pointing to this morning, to tell you exactly which tool to use, where to use it, how to use it, that's completely new. The other domain where I see a complete revolution is everything that has to do with learning, education, and the fact that in the past, um, I mean, you, you can do all kind of text textbook learning and it's all okay, but you don't have the interaction. Now you will be able to learn with interactive people, just as if you were there. 
and that changes everything. For Think about all the jobs that have to do with dealing with a customer, dealing with someone else, having a real human interaction. You cannot learn that without doing it, when well, now you can, because you're going to have this interaction in the metaverse. So for some of these domains, it's just re revolutionize how people are doing things. I mean, one example that um, we have is uh, the Children's Doctors Hospital in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, they basically train the nurse on how to react not just to the technical procedure, but to the distress of the parents and how you deal with the emotion that is happening. So that's the kind of thing that you can do in, only in the metaverse. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, can you give us more examples on really how you're realizing and showcase and really help people understand the value of metaverse? Well, for example, um, if you're an architect and you're trying to explain to your customers how the house that they are buying will look like, uh, sometimes it can be difficult. I mean, you understand the maps, they don't. And so having them walking through the house telling you what they want to change, that's a lot easier. Um, just practical things like if you're a retail chain and you want to help your customers to understand how they're going to look like in a dress, well, it's a lot easier if they can actually see themselves, uh, go around, see how it looks from all angles. So it's just little example like that that really changes how you can bring value by making people really feel and touch what you're talking about. Mm. I'm going to give you a, um, a bonus question. Uh, what other sector you see will be really taking Metaverse as day one use case? Anything, I mean, education is, has been amazing. I mean, one, one great example is the University of Michi Michigan. They just deployed 16,000 Wi-Fi access points on their campus precisely for this kind of next generation internet application. They don't know exactly what it's going to be, but they understand that they will need this kind of massive connectivity to do this kind of next step application, and that is going to help their students. Um, so we really see the all the education domain really um, embracing the metaverse. Obviously, gaming was there from day one. And if I can add to that, uh, we heard the prime minister in Latvia this morning talking about uh, the Minister of Defense um, um, virtual reality that they're doing here with NATO. Um, and I think that's an excellent example of, an, of a metaverse actual use case, right? which is an augmented reality enhancement that helps soldiers in the field deal with situations, right? helps mechanics um, you know, fix things by actually having expertise overlaying into their field of vision what they should do in a certain situation. And that is an incredibly powerful uh, way to use what is now called the metaverse with augmented reality. Yeah, yeah I guess Ben and Paula, you, you got also use cases, so um, perhaps um, Paula and... Well, the first thing that came to our mind when, uh, you know, the metaverse was a little bit more defined in terms of capabilities was to augment uh, the collaboration experience, right? You had some of the flagship uh, collaboration platforms that normally are, you know, very immersive, but they still are based on screens and 2D interaction. So adding to this the hologram, which is a very viable technology as we speak, just gives you a sense of what it means to be more immersed. That's going away. Be more immersed into, uh, into, the, into the experience. Um, the other thing we notice is there is a desire from the big studio streaming uh, content, you know, on content distribution networking, not only to monetize the CDN itself, but also to be able to create the new wave of experience. So things like volumetric video, which implies the ability to have you know, subjective perspective uh, from multiple angles is something we did on top of the CDN platform. So I think it's going on and off. 
it's not very metaverse right? It's more <laughs> <laughs> classical audio, audio-visual setup. So the two use cases are enhanced collaboration with, um, with the hologram experience embedded into things like WebEx, uh, volumetric video on CDN. And these are s- things you can touch. Everything else, I think, are capabilities that you can try to pull together, like a Lego block. And uh, there is no much point in projecting out into the future. It's more experimenting and allowing programmers to pull those building blocks together and really create the new applications, if you like. Mm, that's the interesting side of Lego building blocks and get what you have first. And Ben? Well, maybe to, to other use cases which are very interesting and, and offer great benefit is uh, one, definitely healthcare. So complex surgeries, which a doctor can train um, before actually doing the, the, the actual uh, surgery um, in the metaverse a um, hundred of, uh, of times, that, that's um, going to provide huge benefit. And back to my previous example, um, industrial um, production processes. If you think of an automotive factory, which has to um, be equipped for producing a new car, Usually, that takes several months. Then after the start of production, you face quality issues, you face problems with getting the process right. To simulate that in a virtual environment will definitely cost you a lot of time and thereby save you a lot of money. Yeah, so we touched on the commercial healthcare, defense, industrial, and also education. So it's amazing, broad range of different sectors which might benefit from metaverse on day one yeah so i see nodding that's that's a good sign <laughs> so are we there yet though you know um are we if 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 you really want to realize the full value as as all you guys were sharing earlier what it takes what are the gaps in terms of technological um business model wise or regulatory policy, what are are still the gaps there we need to do to really finalize or maximize the value creation? Um, So if I can start um, with with Ben, um, first of all. Sure. So I mean, where Qualcomm comes um, into into play and what our role is in the ecosystem, we are really the um, developer, the innovator, and the provider there with uh, with foundational technologies needed to make the metaverse become reality, right? And that is, of course, um, first all technologies related to 5G, where Qualcomm, as coming from the mobile business, is is particularly um, having a focus on and is strong in um, artificial intelligence, um, sensor, graphics, audio. Um, related equipment and really to um, make that work for Metaverse and XR devices. You find Qualcomm technology these days in basically all XR devices in the market. The challenge always is um, to to make that at the best performance um, to um, ensure that the technology has the lowest possible power consumption to integrate that in the best way into the device because obviously experience in the metaverse will be to a large extent uh, through glasses, um, through um, 3D. And that is actually where, 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 where Qualcomm um, has its strength and, and, and provides the technology. Um, also, in terms of enablers and what is needed, definitely, um, since this is a 5G conference, digital connectivity and the infrastructure will be of key importance. Um, and there we also see um, that Europe compared to Asia, compared to um, other regions in the world, 
could definitely be quicker, could do more also in terms of innovative 5G technologies, for example, talking about millimeter wave um, technologies, there's definitely um, more we could do. Um, and and, and that, is, that is important. And then also maybe touching on another area, which is regulation, which is, let's say, a broader societal discussion um, that we have, that we need to have about um, the metaverse and to get the regulatory framework right. Um, safety, obviously, is important. We need to create trust among those who will use um, the metaverse. And then also important is to consider the metaverse from a um, regulatory standpoint as a new ecosystem which uh, needs to still grow, which needs to develop, um, but which needs to be open, horizontal, um, and therewith open also for new enterprises, new businesses, startups to provide services, right? To avoid gatekeeping, to avoid silos to, um, to, to be created. That is, from Qualcomm perspective, regulatory-wise, very important. Mm, I like the point about creating the environment for trust for the customers and enterprise. Um, so I'm going to also go on the tape, um, the, the panelists here, so um, Paolo. Well, we're very, very much in line with, uh, with Qualcomm's position. I, I think the exacerbating issues around the metaverse, when you, we look at the technology the way it is today, one is the cost structure, right? I mean, just today, to deliver the amount of bandwidth we are delivering with, with 5G and then, you know, just around the corner, enhancement of 5G, the cost structure is little to non-sustainable, right? Traffic booming, there is no revenue to justify, you know, that, uh, that type of traffic, so the unit production cost of traffic has to decrease over time. Imagine to scale this, right, to the size of the metaverse, so the sustainability of that in terms of an affordable form of connectivity. That's about cost structure. It's also about connecting the three billions of unconnected people on the planet, not to make the metaverse the next generation of digital divide. So that's a very important point. The other one is the sustainability. When you move from 4G to 5G, you have this densification of you know, cell side and the power consume is increasing dramatically, right? There are form of efficiencies in 5G that allow to make the overall thing more sustainable. What is going to happen with the metaverse? How do we make this proliferation of Wi-Fi, 5G, edge cloud, devices, haptics, and, and so on and so forth? How you make it within the sustainability journey that every company is committing to, right? That's a big question mark. I, I think there are technology options for that, but they should be kept under control. The last but not least point is identity. When you enter into the metaverse, what is your identity? And how is the identity preserved from system to system? Okay, it's a, it's a physical identity, the logical identity, the security identity. Even today, when you move from 5G to Wi-Fi, so nothing too farther out in terms of future, you tend to have these issues about, you know, what is your policy and identity in those two subsystems? Imagine in the, in, in the metaverse. So there are solutions to each of those points, but they need to be part of a cross-industry alignment, right? So people on this panel and more industry players aligning on this type of framework. Cost structure, sustainability, identity seems to be the major point. Yeah, that's, that's a great summary also of uh, the four points. Now, Peter. Yeah. So what do I think? Um, well, what we have been doing for the past decade in our R&D efforts is, is really to develop the, the connectivity infrastructure that underpins and enables the metaverse, right? And, and we continue to do that. And if there are network requirements from the metaverse that even 5G can't sustain, that, that becomes part of the 6G standardization work which is ongoing. 
Um, but I want to mention that there is, there is a really beautiful marriage between private networks and digital twins, uh, which creates very powerful opportunities in industry and enterprise, right? So we have a base station factory in Ulu in northern Finland, for example, where we have implemented a private network and a digital twin of the factory, and that enables us to, to dramatically improve productivity and quality in our production line. Um, and many early use cases around digital twins have, have great, great potential, especially in connection with private networks. Um, so we see a lot of power in that, and that has uh, basically all the prerequisites to succeed already today. Right? But if you look at the wider adoption into virtual reality, augmented reality, mobility on the consumer space, then I think um, devices, as you talked about, are, is going to be something that needs to develop further to enable that work, right? But we already see the, the opportunities in enterprise and industry, and, and we're working heavily on those. And finally, but not least, uh, Guillaume. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to expand to uh, something that hasn't been touched so much, but which is a device. Um, if you remember mobile broadband, it really took off with the iPhone, and as connectivity improved, then the use case improved. But the starting case was really um, the device itself and how people related to it. Um, we're very proud of the devices that we have today, but we know we're close to finished. I mean, ideally, you would have something that looks more like Pete and hopefully Paolo's glasses someday, mm -hmm. something really like intuitive and light and that can be worn all day, um, we're not there yet. So there's an incredible amount of integration. It's, it's way harder to do than a smartphone. And that also relies on connectivity and that's where it's interesting. Because the way that you make these devices comfortable is by enabling them to do as little processing as possible and having the processing done somewhere else and that relies on local connectivity. So all this ability to have local connectivity, having the processing somewhere else that will make the device better, smaller, easier for the users, and that's what you want. You want the user to forget that they have something on their head, forget that it is another device, and just use it in an intuitive manner. Mm, that's fantastic. We touch quite broad areas from the connectivity, technology, regulatory, platform trust, but also the device. Um, so we'll leave also some time for the question on the floor. Um, so just to wrap up, um, so final questions in 30 seconds to all the panelists. Um, your top recommendations, tips for developers, technologists, scientists, or regulatory policy makers. What would be your 30 seconds um, recommendation? So I'll start off on Guillaume. Well, I'll go with two. The first one is make sure you got lots of local connectivity, make sure people can deploy Wi-Fi in their home environment, in their work to have that, and, and you know, build on the fiber plan to make sure that fiber goes in as many buildings as possible. And the second one is um, make sure that we have interoperability in all the different platforms uh, and the kind of identities that can be shared where, so that people can not have several fragmented um, experience of metaverse but one unified experience where they just go and it's their metaverse their devices and their identity yeah perfect peter i would say look beyond the the hype that is and look at where can you in in industry and in enterprise create value through a digital physical fusion examples mm. that is where i think there's a lot of potential for the world to really improve through the metaverse Perfect. Paolo? I'll probably say no, no single stack, 
composable metaverse, composable modules. Someone said the revolution we're living now is called SMAC, social mobility, uh, analytics, and cloud, right? Which I think is surrounding us. What are the building blocks, the next uh, you know, capital letters that will combine the metaverse? I think we need to stay focused on creating those capabilities, but no, no single stack, right? Make them composable. Mm. Sounds good. Thanks. Yes. So two advices also from my side. First, as I said, focus on getting the digital connectivity infrastructure right. Strong emphasis on uh, 5G deployment, innovative 5G um, technologies. And then secondly, also to, to benefit from the ecosystem to be developed, um, create as a, as a regulator, as a government, an environment which rewards innovation, uh, which rewards an um, uh, um, R&D friendly environment which rewards uh, risky investment um, into innovation um, to attract startups, to attract enterprises, um, to, um, to use the metaverse and also to adapt products and business models um, for the metaverse. Yeah, thank you very much for the panelists. That's been fantastic insight. And uh, let's see if we have any questions. Yes, we also made a little poll, and during this um, during this discussion panel, uh, our audience and also online were answering the question: which industry would benefit the most from a working, widely adopted metaverse? And 34% says education, gaming is 33, even less. Although at the beginning that was the most popular one, uh, real estate is out with 4%, and then advertising comes in with 29. So. It's quite equal, except real estate. <laughs> is, is there any comments, very briefly, somebody, on this? On real estate? I mean, on the poll. Uh, do you see that the same way? Well, I, I would say that the, the choices were too limited. Oh, right. I think... Uh, the other would win. Yeah, I would. I mean, if I think about production uh, possibilities, right, that, that I just mentioned as an example, Another example I heard about recently is that they're mapping the human immune system into a digital twin in order to develop vaccines better. I mean, there's so much potential mm -hmm. in industry and enterprise um, on top of the, the example. So I think we need more examples in the poll. Because general public still sees that just as another way of virtual reality or augmented reality, another pair of glasses or goggles. Yeah. So probably that's the problem. Yeah, I, th I think... Uh there is an entire environment of fast prototyping that will benefit multiple industries. That means not only going fast, but also reducing the barrier, right, for innovators. And so that opens to a new wave of imagination. I think we're limited to what we experience today, but with this notion of capabilities, think about fast prototyping as a proxy to a number of use cases that we probably can't even imagine today. All right, and then one more question. You touched it already, but uh, still, Ivet is asking, Metaverse will provide broad range of opportunities. At the same time, it raises questions on how to ensure that it has been used in an appropriate ways. Like I said, it was mentioned already, but it will be responsibility of whom and what level. It is always the question of regulation, responsibility, security, safety, and so on. Anybody? I think maybe a general comment with every new and emerging technology, you need as a regulator to find the right balance between, of course, reacting to obvious challenges, right? Security, privacy, um, and, and, and that, that and, and, and reflect that in, in, in regulation. At the same time, not over-regulate from the beginning at a standpoint where the ecosystem, where industries um, and enterprises um, um, attached to the ecosystem have yet 
not emerged fully um, to not overregulate at an early stand, at an early point in time, which would then prevent actually um, um, and 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 limit the appetite to 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 engage in this ecosystem. Convenience always wins the security. It another way, like if you think about all the, all that we've been through, we've been learning to live in this digital world, and that was very hard, and we developed lots of regulation for that. Peter um, was mentioning that the metaverse is about bringing the digital world and the real world together, and perhaps we can reuse all these things that we learned about the internet and make that uh, something easier. All right. I think the, the security element is, of course, really important to deal with. But we should, I think, try to not focus about all the problems. But <laughs> because one of the things that the metaverse and, and virtual augmented reality can do is to really de-risk things that are either very, very expensive or very, very dangerous to, to simulate, right? Mm -hmm. which is incredibly useful for society in general. Right? So there are ways in which we de-risk society, not just increase risk. But it was a very good way to look at it, as you said that before, that uh, it should um, solve some problems and it should do more than reality can. All right. Sylvia, anything to finish with? Um, well, I, I think um, I'd like to basically uh, also mention the MetaCity project that we did uh, for 5G Territorium. Um, if anybody's interested um, to really have a look at what uh, Metaverse means for Riga, then contact my G Tikutori team and it will show you the outcome of the study. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.